Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 38. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we'll be talking about the 2016 film Anti-Birth. The opposite of birth. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't learn what anti-birth meant. No. Uh, this week we're also joined by our second guest. Finally. Uh, to the program. <laughs> Finally we have more than one guest. Uh, James has been great, but now we got we got new big guns to bring in. Yeah. I, I will say, if you're only going to have one guest, James pretty much kills it. That's true. We love him. We love him. He's a good one. But uh, that voice you heard, now with us, is future doctor and resident medical expert, <laughs> Laura Hamil. Hi there, everyone. Welcome, Hello. Laura. Thank you. So, as our second guest, um, we we have to get this out of the way. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, that's so hard. Okay. So, I recently watched Housebound, finally. I've been obsessed with that lately. Nice. But... I'll be boring and say Halloween. Okay. Both, I think it's, both good answers. I think, yeah. I like Housebound. I was excited when we did it on the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad, glad we... that... Did we bring it to you? Yeah. Oh, oh perfect. Nice. Perfect. Amazing. I would not have watched that otherwise. I don't think many people would have. That's so, yeah. a nice secret one. I like I like that movie a lot. Go watch Housebound, everyone. It's <laughs> yeah, do it. arguably Laura's <laughs> favorite horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to get into Anti-Birth, which was written and directed by Danny Perez... Um, I don't know how we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I don't even know how to begin. Um, this movie is weird as hell, everybody. So it's a surreal... We knew it was going to be, but it was weirder than expected. It's yeah. like a surrealist body horror movie. Yeah. Uh, there is no plot for approximately an hour and 15 minutes. And honestly, minimal horror. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's just body horror. It's just, like, the fact that, like, your body could betray yeah, you and... Yeah, and there's a Rosemary's Baby element to it of, like, I know things and no one's telling me the truth and people are conspiring against me kind of feel. Um, that level of horror. But there aren't any jump scares at all. And yeah. there's no... Yeah, it doesn't have the horror that you would expect from... Like, what I was expecting from this movie, which was a lot more of the um, dressed-up... What are they? What even are they? Like an underlying sense those, of unease? No, no those, the those, fun those fun zone, zone oh. things. They're like I was expecting like more Big of feet. them. Yeah, they look like colorful Bigfoot. But yeah. their faces with creepy look faces. Vaguely sexual. Yeah. The fact that they are children's uh, things makes no sense. Let's let's not get yeah, there. This yeah, we got to get into it. But I was yeah. expecting listeners. I was expecting a lot more horror from them, and there wasn't actually that much. It was mostly just, like, surrealist and not even gore, but just grossness. Yeah. Like, body horror. That's exactly what you're saying. I'm like, I agree with body horror. So, just to get this out of the way, this is a bad movie. Correct. Accurate. I don't think anyone (laughs) should watch it. But I also think that we're not going to really spoil it so much as try to make sense of what we saw? Yeah, because I actually, I read a plot synopsis this morning because I realized I don't, there were questions that I still had. Mm -hmm. How did someone summarize this plot? I mean, it was, they made it make sense. The Wikipedia plot summary sounds like a movie that moves. Let's give it, let's give an overarching plot. Uh, Again, don't watch this movie. Um, Yeah. Unless you are the biggest, no, unless you are the biggest Natasha Leone fan, there is. 
In which case, you've probably already seen this. Right. But, like, if you love Natasha Lyonne, you probably will enjoy this because her performance is good. good. Okay, so Natasha Lyonne plays a woman named Lou, Mm -hmm. who's a hard-partying, pill-popping, beer-swilling... Cigarette-smoking... Fishnet-wearing... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She wears a lot of mesh. She does. (laughs) Like, exclusively mesh. Exclusively. She's really into it. In Michigan. That's her fashion. In winter in Michigan. In winter in Michigan. Bothered me a lot. Um... (laughs) She goes to a warehouse party, and then the next morning, she's pregnant. <laughs> and over the next couple days, she goes through pregnancy at an extremely rapid yeah, pace. time yeah. moves weirdly in this movie also. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be the next day, or a few days later, or... And there's, we, we just have a very bad sense of time in this movie. You can I think, think it happens the entire very- thing. It's supposed to be, like, too short. I got the impression. Yes. Yes. Like, definitely. Oh, like for sure. Tops. Quicker than normal pregnancies. Yes. But, but yeah. still, I didn't know whether, like, we see that first scene where she's, like, partying around a dumpster fire, essentially, and then she, like, is kind of taken away, and we kind of assume something bad has happened to her, and then we see her, and I don't think we have any sense of, like, how much time has passed. No. Mm-mm. Anyway, she is uh, pregnant. Uh, she claims she didn't have sex. Repeatedly. Over and over again. Yeah, she talks about how she's not getting laid. Literally the weirdest thing in the world to be like, she she has these conversations about not having sex interspersed with, but I can't remember the other night. Like, what happened? And the, the level of, like, ignorance of your life to be like, I don't remember having sex in the past six months, but also, what happened the other night is just like, two plus two, my friend. Yeah, I think the... I mean, just to get into it, I think that the, like... The opening of this movie could imply that she was raped, but... For sure, yeah. That was my immediate thought, and I was like, yeah. great, this is going to be a yeah. very unpleasant movie. Probably about it's still 20 funny. minutes... <laughs> it's still very unpleasant. Probably about 20 minutes in, there's a conversation with other characters that we haven't really met before. Um, which, let's just get into it. It's Gabriel, who's a local drug dealer, and Warren, who's his mm-hmm. lackey. And yeah. they're talking about how... Warren's like, oh, Lou's starting to catch on. And Gabriel's like, who's going to believe her? She's a junkie. So the audience doesn't even have a sense of wondering if Lou's a reliable narrator of her own life. We know something's going on. Like, right, we right, know right. there's a conspiracy. It doesn't play with that at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. It really so, just, like, do- is not interested in... We kind of, like, are, are brute force into believing that, like, no, she wasn't raped and something weird was happening just by virtue of all the weird things that happened. I also think we're, for some reason, supposed to believe her when she says, I know that I'm, like, wasted a lot, but I think I'd remember having sex. Yeah. That's supposed to mean something to us as an audience. Like, we're supposed to go, oh, yeah, totally. She totally would. So she obviously wasn't raped. It's like... I guess. Uh, I guess. But, like, that doesn't really make sense. There's a lot in this movie that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that's really the plot. And then it's her finding out what's going on. There's uh, Chloe Seveni is her friend Sadie, mm-hmm. who's dating the drug dealer Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. She meets a woman named Lorna. Played by Meg Tilly. Tilly. Who is like a government conspiracy theorist. Uh, Meg ex- Tilly, by the way, sister of Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. From last week's Chris of Chucky episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little connection to uh, That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Let's get into the main reason I think we all dislike this movie. Um, there are, like, six plots. Oh, right? more than that. Like, but there's six main plots, because there's... Please don't make me count them. I'm Wait, just, did you count them? I, I, I did not, but I'm okay. thinking in my head, because we've got... We've got... Immaculate Conception. Lou and her, and her confusing pregnancy. We have Meg Tilly's coming into town looking at... 
Disappearing missing women. girls and yeah. being confused and she has inter- like an interaction with Gabriel. We have Gabriel's like I don't want to get involved in this, which is a lie, but like him trying to be like, no, I'm just a drug dealer. I'm in it for the money. He's a drug dealer and he's also a pimp. Yes. Yeah. Um and so then he interacts with that guy who comes to the car when he's pimping, who he's like this kind of mysterious black man who's like are we saving the spoiler? That's Isaac. That's Isaac. Well, we, I don't think we even said Isaac. It doesn't matter. Yet. There's it too does, much Yeah, it doesn't matter. But so there's that. Then there's whatever is going on with Sadie. Sadie, Sadie had a daughter. Pregnant. Is trying to find her daughter. Yeah. Which is why they need money. Ostensibly. So my, my theory for how to unify <laughs> these plots is that every actor who came into this movie wanted to do a character sketch and explain an entire character's <laughs> yes. life. Which is yes. why Sadie... Has a daughter and a lawyer trying to get the daughter back, so Which that she can live in the drug den with her. In one scene, it's like this one scene. Oh, Off-handed. there's also Gabriel's whole thing of he sells clean, clean urine, urine yes. out of his house, which I don't understand. I don't get that because he, the idea, right, is that he has someone like living in his house. That girl, which is a who woman was, who has a horribly deformed face. But I thought she yeah. got that from doing drugs. That's what I so thought. So how too. is she clean? How is she? I don't know. But maybe, maybe, maybe time has passed. Because they said something about her coming from Russia, so maybe she was one of his, like, pimped out girls. Yeah. And something happened. I don't know. I'm not she's really got sure. a, she's a very, very horrible facial deformity, and it's not explained yeah. at all. Except that it's like, this girl lives in my house, and she gives me clean urine that I then sell. And I don't know what she gets out of it other than, I guess, living in a house. Yeah, because she doesn't get yeah. drugs out of it. No. She doesn't even get pants. <laughs> she does not she get pants. Around in she underwear. is pantsless the whole movie. There's also Lou's friend who takes her to Luke. Luke, Lou and Luke. Luke mm-hmm. isn't like a storyline though. He's There's just a, a ca- whole character. He's just like... a character that deserves better. Yeah. Lou tries to make him into a storyline, saying, "Well, maybe one day if we get high and the mood is just right, like we could be a thing." Yeah, and then he goes away forever. We never yeah. see him after that. He's only useful in getting her a pregnancy test, and that's that's it for him. There's also like Warren feeling conflicted about his job is like a key. Yeah, point Warren where... works at the Fun Zone. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's the most random thing in the entire world. And so the Fun Zone, but wait, the Fun Zone, by the way, yeah. is like a Chuck E. Cheese. But, like, it's in a bowling alley. Oh, yeah, it is. And it, it it is its own plot because it crops up halfway through the movie as, like, now opening the fun zone. Not halfway, but, like... Yeah. A while into the movie, they're like, oh, now there's a fun zone. There wasn't a fun zone before. It was just a shitty bowling alley. Yeah, and they're, the, the mascots of the fun zone are, like we mentioned earlier, these, like, Bigfoot rain, rainbow Bigfoot yeah. things with, but, like, with porcelain faces that are, like, big-lipped and creepy and weird. And, like... When I we we saw them before we watched this movie, that's what kind of intrigued us to watch this movie, right? It's like, like on the banner of IMDb. Yeah, seeing these pictures of these creepy things and being like, "What surrealist horror is this going to be?" And they were so much less a part of this movie than I wanted. Yep. They're mm-hmm. only in the fun zone in one dream sequence. One of her like weird, horrible dreams, and in a commercial. On in in TV. a commercial, exactly. But I want way more explanation of like, I want way more explanation of like why anyone would think that these are for children. Like, why anyone in the world... Like, giant anthropomorphic animals are creepy, but at least you understand why, like, little children like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Like, it makes sense why they, like, enjoy that and why they enjoy, like, Disney characters, even though as adults we can kind of look at them and go, oh, those big, giant animals are creepy. These things... And again, there's also the... There's the Five Nights at Freddy's games that are about... 
you know, how creepy right. they are. Like, that is that has nobody, been explored. But nobody in the world would ever look at these creepy-ass rainbow big feet and be like, children will love these. They are just creepy and weird. There just is not a universe in which you're like, I want to have my birthday at the fun zone because I love those weird rainbow big feet. Like, no. Also, you wouldn't be able to buy these anywhere. You would have to explicitly order them. Like, say, I'm looking for a creepy baby <laughs> rainbow <laughs> thing that will be perfect for children but also terrifying. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very... Grown adult-sized and very furry. It very much does not make sense. But why did I expect anything in this movie to make sense? There's nothing makes also, sense. Also, I think that, like, what's going on with it is, if we're trying to figure this out, is that there's also these, like, public access commercials that... Yes, everything on the TV mm -hmm. is keeps bizarre. getting shown at length. I think it's actually it slows this movie to a screeching halt I several agree. times. It does. Is let's just watch like this creepy cult guy talk on TV. Let's watch this like mm -hmm. very surreal like UHF does, is commercial. Is Isaac at one point on the TV, or does no, he just Isaac's say something? In the dream sequence, and he says things that have been said on the TV, right? I thought what he was saying was something that that cult leader had said on TV. Listen, half of this movie like is like that. Fear Loathing yeah. in Las Vegas, where it's just yeah. like, let's just go for a tripped out thing that makes no sense for a couple minutes and then snap back to something else. It is yeah. exhausting. So the, the thing that really gets to me with this movie is that even though we have no plot, or, sorry, the thing that really gets me about this movie is that even though, like we said, we have six, five, six, seven plots going on at once... It doesn't feel like there's any plot for like an hour yeah. and 15 minutes, and this movie's like an hour and a half. Because throughout the entire thing, it just feels like Lou does not care about being like obviously pregnant. Yeah. She's saying it. Like she's do she's saying things. She's like, oh man, my shorts don't fit. Do I look pregnant to you? Like I, I don't remember having sex with anybody, this whole thing. But she's so obviously pregnant and she's not doing anything about it for such a long time, and then she's like, I guess I'll get a pregnancy test. And then she is, but she still doesn't do anything about she it. Yeah. She's still, like, smoking, and, uh, you know, smoking out of her bong, and she's drinking, and she just seems to, like, not care at all. I think part of the, pro part of the problem, part of what leads to this, like, stagnancy is, I guess, like, I'm, gonna, I'm making a lot of comparisons, and I'm going to continue to, but a third of this movie feels like slacker or a Richard Linklater movie that like a, like a mid 90s indie where it's just people talking to each other and we're supposed to yeah. like just buy into these characters and their conversations but with so much detail that it just confuses you yeah another third is just these tripped out again fear and loathing in Las Vegas like dream sequences or just like drug trips yep and then like there's this body horror element that seems to be ignored by the other ones by the surreal part and the yes. slice of life uh part there's like actual yeah. like you know her her stomach has like these veins that are not like normal pregnancy normal veins. human yeah, yeah yeah and there's a lot of stuff with like her I mean she like cuts open her foot at some point yeah she's got a boil on her foot yeah, yeah. and that's like completely unrelated so like the tone shifts so radically but it doesn't actually advance characters or their motivations forward characters come in explain what they're about and then leave for a while yeah no and like the the idea that like she is pregnant. She seems to make these logical leaps that we don't see as an audience. Yeah. That, like, she doesn't care about being pregnant for a really long time. And then all of a sudden she's like, it's a conspiracy. Like, she, you don't, and you don't see it happen. All of a sudden she goes to see Warren at the fun zone and she's like, I'm not really pregnant. This must be, a, like, a, some weird science experiment or... No, that's because of Lorna. 
I guess, but they don't really even talk about it that much. Lorna just talks about her experiences. They don't talk about, like, and they don't ever make a connection as to why what went on with Lorna makes any sense going on. Like, they don't have the same past experiences. They they didn't both work for... Let's explain this. So, what what happens is, we first see Lorna, Meg Tilly, um, wandering around, like, a gas station and seeing posters of... um, Missing women. She's clearly, like, on her way into town yeah. from somewhere else. Then, uh, Natasha Leon Lou, has a, a a bad drug experience? Is that what happened? She's, work, she's at work. She's and working she, as a motel maid. Oh. Yeah, and she, like, something with her, her quote-unquote, pregnancy. Like, oh. she throws up and passes out, remember? Yeah. Has she a wakes up. sickness situation. Kind of, right, yeah, yeah, like, normal pregnancy. Theoretically. Yes. Theoretically. We know it's not, though, right? At that yeah. point, we don't know. It could, it could be really... Wait, vicious. is that not when... She has the dream sequence, the big dream sequence. No, no that's in her. That's in her house. Her trailer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lorna wakes her up and is like, "I found you." Um, Somehow, I clearly know that what is going on with you yeah, is government also, related. So then they take a car ride, and then it's like you know, it's a mid nineties indie movie again, where they just talk about how Lorna was in the military, and also Lou's dad was in the military, but then. He did a lot of drugs when he was out, and that's why Lou's the way she is. But Lorna, when she was in the military, she had an alien experience. She had a close encounter, and then the military kicked her out because she wouldn't stop talking about it. But then the military did experiments on her. It's somehow that, like, she was abducted. By aliens. By aliens. She came back. The government did experiments on her because she was abducted by aliens. And then because she was asking too many questions, that's when they discharged her. That's what I'm assuming. Anyway, this is, I guess, on their way to the fun zone for some reason. Yes. Um, I don't know why they go to the fun zone, but that's where they go. This is, I think this is the start of there actually being a plot related to the pregnancy. Yes. She's like, the last thing I remember... Is being with Warren. Is being with Warren. And he works I might be filling this in backwards. I think you're filling this in your head because I think the reason they go to the fun zone is just because they like the food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they say that. She's like, do you like the food at the fun zone? And that's where they go. And then he takes, you see Warren take off his, like, his head. And then they're like, we're here to talk to you. And you're like, no, you weren't. You weren't here to talk to him. You were here to just eat the fun zone food. So the other element of this is that Lorna has psychic powers. She's not telekinetic or anything. She's She's like... clairvoyant. Is that what it is? That's the word that they use in the Wikipedia plot summary. Oh. I don't don't think that's that's accurate. Yeah, I don't think she's clairvoyant. It's the closest thing. She feels like she has... She feels like she has, like, psychic strength. Oh, yeah. She calls it interdimensional street smarts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she feels like she's, like, throwing the fun zone and she's like, oh, I got bad vibes about this place. Um, but it, it, I think she's, like, if we are believing that there is reality to what she has, I think that she's very attuned to people's truths. I sound very crazy right no, now. No, that's exactly what she says, But it's, though. like, it's like uh, she just, like, she reads people. I don't think she's, like, clairvoyant. She can't read the future or tell them, or, like, read minds or anything. No, she just is, like, reading the situation. So I thought what she had explained was that she just had a connection to people like her. People who had experienced something otherworldly. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's she, why like, she finds That's Lou. why she, yeah, that's why she yeah. goes to Lou. I'm going to guess she cannot read other people, because she acts super, super bananas yeah. for the rest of the movie <laughs> to <right>. everyone else. <laughs> she is bananas. Um, where do yeah, we even I, go from here? I don't know. Basically, what we're trying to say in a very roundabout way is that this movie just, like, moves at a snail's pace for over an hour. 
It is just like the slowest thing and people jump to ridiculous conclusions that we as an audience, I just don't think have They're any... They're totally unearned, like with yeah. the butt. Yes. Honestly, we... even with the pregnancy thing, they're in a convenience store the first time that Lou and Sadie are talking about it. Uh-huh. And she gets, just keeps saying, oh, well, I, I can't be pregnant. There are probably pregnancy tests, like, the next aisle over. <laughs> and then for the next 30 minutes, it's just, oh, I can't be pregnant. I haven't gotten laid in, like, six months. Yeah. They discuss this for so long before she's like, I guess I should go get a pregnancy test. The first scene after the opening is this friend of theirs who's a veterinarian telling her that she's pregnant. Yes! Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And there is... I forgot about that character. Oh, she was very well fleshed out for a character who was there for <laughs> was two there minutes. For two minutes. She's a vet. Like, this whole situation of her, like, having children. They go to visit her at her house. Like, <sighs> the thing that's so funny to me about like, the slice of life things, we keep coming back to this, like, when she goes to get the pregnancy test with Luke, is that I think that, like, Part of that made sense to me because the thing that I kept trying to kind of like remind myself of slash like maybe give this movie credit for was that I do feel like if you are in a party scene and this is like I don't know this personally but I know this from friends of mine who were in those kinds of like you know serious like every night you go out and get like wasted on many drinks and drugs and whatever is that like the number of people that you just know is wild. There's just, like, there's so many people that you know and you know everybody through other people because it's, like, the community is, like, both large and small. And so whatever they would say things like, oh, well, Gabe's doing this or Isaac's doing this or uh, Jade is doing this. Like, well, what's Jade doing? Like, oh, were you partying with Jade? And they all seem to know each other because they all, like, run in these circles. That felt like something to me that could have been, like, explored. That, like, Lou is both super lonely because like no one really cares about her but she's also constantly surrounded by people who are like willing to drive out to her house in the middle of nowhere and like pick her up like luke does yeah like literally just to take her to the store and so there was something really interesting there that i really wanted to be real and to be explored is kind of what you're saying it's kind of like richard linklater slice of life like what is it like to be in this world in which like nobody really cares about you but you have all these friends, and... You're describing all, a more I'm, interesting movie, yes. Right, but, like, but, don't you, but don't you think this movie, like, touched on that in a, in a weird way? I don't. I think that <laughs> Natasha Lyonne... I think, no, I'm serious. I think Natasha Lyonne sells all the pathos of her character, and, like, the only reason there's any depth to that character is because of her performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this movie has anything interesting to say about that, about her being, like, lonely. I think the closest we get is when she goes with Luke to get the pregnancy test. Right. And she's like, I am lonely. I would like to be with you. Right. And he's like, that would be nice. Let's go get the but pregnancy test. But then they test. don't, they, they, yeah, right. Their, their lives are never about, their lives are never about accomplishing anything. They're just going to, like, they're just going to move through their existence. Because with Luke, like, nothing changes ever this for is just, her. We're just talking about the Big Lebowski now. Like, I just, like... I haven't seen that movie. It's just, it's similarly aimless and surreal. It has more of a plot than this. It has a lot of plot. I was gonna say, I'm like, people love that movie. I was sure it has more of a plot than this. I thought I didn't like it, and then I rewatched it, and then I was like, oh, this is... I remember a different movie than, Interesting. than huh. it actually is. Anyway, it just, like, this sort of, like, slacker core, like... Oh, we're just we're just living our lives, man. It's yeah. so it feels super dated to me and it's it's frustrating to me that like you know, mall rats can get away with it and then this is not the movie that I wanna well, watch. Yeah, show sixteen. <laughs> I also feel like this movie had a really deliberate unpleasantness that I just can't fuck with. 
Well, it is ostensibly a horror movie. Again, like, it doesn't feel like it, but I think it's trying to be a horror movie. Yeah, well, you know what it reminded me a lot of, like, just in the beginning kind of parts, is um, in ABCs of Death, remember how we had this conversation about that, um, the the one that turned out, that started out kind of like a video game and then turned out to be like a drug dream? That where they're running from death? also something that popped into my mind since I unfortunately also watched the ABCs oh, no. of Death. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But yeah, but it, ha- it's, it has a similar vibe, and it's I guess it's because it's like what we talked about in that episode that like, they're, if they're in a crack den, of course it's gonna be like, gross and pointy and bad feeling. And this had the same vibe. So remember, like, you didn't like that one, right? I didn't like it. I understood why you liked it. Um, I didn't like either of the aesthetics of I, both either the like, super done up, turned up high, to eleven, yeah, like- leather leather boots. High octane, yeah, like or or the really unpleasantness of the, but I think it's a personal thing that yeah, I just okay. I just didn't like. I didn't vibe with either one, and it was the same feeling of like I did not vibe with this movie because it was just it made me feel bad and gross, and it was very performative kind of um, grossness of where like the the director writer director is not trying to show you the truth of this unpleasantness. He's trying to turn up the unpleasantness in order to make you feel something. And it's like, you don't have to do that, dude. Like, I was going to feel unpleasant no matter what because of what this movie's about. You didn't have to, like, purposefully try to gross me out or make me feel bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That segment, by the way, was called S is for Speed. Oh, S is for Speed, yeah. right. Those listeners trying to figure out what we're talking about. <laughs> I think the closest this movie gets to a complex or nuanced character that isn't just surface details... Uh, other than Lou is the drug dealer Gabriel. I don't think it nails it, but uh, Gabriel is played by uh, Mark Webber, who also plays Stephen Stills in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is only complicated because of the end, which we're about to get to. But he's dating Chloe Savini, and he keeps talking about how he wants to just make money and isn't trying to fuck around with Isaac, who's this bad dude that they keep referring to off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also got this purple experimental drug in his fridge that he gave to one of his other, like, distributors, and his other distributor, like, was turned inside out, basically. It's Jade, right? This Jade, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And Warren finds him, and his, like, body's turned inside out. We only see it for, like, a second. They could have yeah. milked more body horror out of that. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. didn't look like he was inside out. It looked like he was, like, really badly burned or something. Yeah, it looked like his face kind of exploded yeah. and then burned off. yeah. That's Warren's description. Right. We don't know that that's actually the facts of what happened to him. Uh, Well, he gets messed up on this drug, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's trying to figure out how he can distribute it. The girl who's living there also, like, wants it really badly. Yeah. I thought maybe they'd also given it to her. And that fucked up her face? Maybe. Again, this doesn't make sense with why she would have the clean pee that he's selling. Yeah. But I thought maybe that was what happened to her. I think it's also what the Wikipedia thing says. So that's that's someone's interpretation, at least. Yeah, but I think that there's... uh, because he ends up being this, like, separate kind of villain that we're about to talk about, I think that, like, there is something there. I just don't think the movie knows what to do with it because he's, like, he's this king, he's this drug kingpin, he's also a pimp, and he's trading girls for drugs in some other, like, in- interaction with Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, there are back-to-back exposition bombs uh, when he's talking with Sadie, and um, Sadie says, and I quote, This guy's just using you, just like the Marines did. And he oh retorts, God. basically, you really think this lawyer is going to help you find your kid? 
which is the first mention of, of this that happening. plot line. Yeah. And the only mention. Um, there's also thing, I, I guess I'm just like sort of putting this together now. This is like an anti-military movie. It is very anti-military. Incredibly. But they like, talk a lot in about the background. That. We haven't talked about that at all, but they talk a lot about the military. And how it fucks you up. And how it fucks you up, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, it fucked up Lou's dad, it fucked up Lorna and the, and this guy. And Gabriel. And Lou, presumably, because her dad was such a... A right. burnout. Well, it they, was like, they talk specifically about, like, Vietnam, and then, because he was in Vietnam, and then Lorna was in the army also. Yeah, she was yeah. working with radar. So the idea of being, like, Vietnam, and then also the army now, and then also the Marines. It's trying to cover, like, literally all of these different branches of the, the military. The entire history of the American military is exactly. apparently terrible, which... Okay. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, really not, harps on it a lot. Not maybe for the reasons they're saying, which is the bizarre part. It's like the it's like the military is bad because they did experiments on me and then kicked me out, and also the military is bad because it like, quote unquote, like chewed me up and spit me out. Like, what does that even mean? It's not, that's not a real criticism. It's just yeah. like they'll use you, like the Marines did. What does that mean? I don't know. Anyway, I think this all comes together in its final fifteen minutes. In which a different movie, <laughs> a different movie happens, and I'll say up front, I think a better movie. It's more interesting. It's super. It's it's way more interesting. It's also the most horror and horrifying yeah. the movie gets. Mm-hmm. So I I mean like, I wish I could show you all listeners what my face looked like during the last fifteen minutes of this movie because I'm sure it was on a different level. Yeah, <laughs> but. But you know what? I we can reward this movie for doing something or this fifteen minute short film. So I think that like, what works about the end of this movie is that the rest of this is very boring. It's either surreal and boring, or it's just slice of life and boring. And then suddenly it turns into a like, over the top midnight movie, like kind of everything's very outlandish Bizarro and world, like yeah. fast paced and like really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, the aesthetic is very different to me. It's just like there's a lot more going on visually, and mm-hmm. like it doesn't. It, it's at the point where like it doesn't matter that nothing up to this point has been realistic because the genre that the last fifteen minutes is working in is a is a pulpy genre. It like becomes this over the top B movie yeah. that it was not the whole rest of the time. No, yeah. the rest of the movie where it was trying to be something really artistic and yeah. like special, and now the last fifteen minutes are just like it embraces the ridiculous aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's good. Again, like it doesn't make it a good movie, but it makes it a movie that people would want to watch. It does because it's silly yeah. and it's pulpy and like again, it's working in an established genre of ridiculous alien movies. Like, yeah. so let's get into it. Um, Lou's belly at this point has swollen to. I I don't know enough about pregnancy to know that whether or not that's like a it's a little bit over the top. It's probably a little bit over the top but it's not out of the realm of possibility okay yeah i would say from my minimal experience with (laughs) pregnant women and their birth she's she mostly looks like she's like nine months pregnant and ready to pop maybe with a kind of big baby she also has like veins going across we we only see those once though okay i was just i was i was speaking more but when she goes out into the world Wearing She's, fishnet bodysuits. Yes, and her like, uh, you know, her her jeans unbuttoned. Yeah. Uh, whether or not she looked like a person who was like, you'd see her on the street and be like, oh, she's pregnant and she's gonna have a baby soon, or they'd be like, what? That's a little. I she mean, looks slightly large for a pregnant woman. You would think she would have more weight on 
other parts of her body right. as well. Right. But, I mean, I guess this is a, like, two-week pregnancy, so who yeah. knows what happens there. <laughs> there is no different science rules. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so she's, you know, she's ready to go, and sh- her, like, weird whatever alien pregnancy water breaks. This operates by the rules of pregnancy for... Well, this, right, this one part. Right before this, we get a scene in which um, Gabriel and Sadie are driving in a car, and Sadie's also been exposed. She knew about this. She knew about this because she's working with Gabriel. They're trying to get the money for the lawyer. Um, they also had. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't. No, it's ridiculous. There's also a flashback sequence in which they go back to the warehouse, and then suddenly. Lou remembers that she was tied down and injected with a purple thing. Mm-hmm. Gabriel is explaining that it's an experimental hormone supplement for women. Uh, that if you take just the right amount, you can get high off of it. But they overdid it with Lou. <laughs> yeah, guess. that seemed cuckoo bananas. Yeah, so... That's not real. Yeah, Explain I the mean, science behind that one. So, for example, if you have too much estrogen, imagine, like, just just going through your menstrual cycle. It would be like that. I assume <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not being high. No. But it's experimental. Also, we don't know if that's a lie. That well, Isaac told him. That, well, that Isaac told him or that Gabriel's telling Sadie because Gabriel seems to be very aware of what's going on. When he, I disagree. When I think... he and Isaac storm into Lou's trailer in the middle of a snowstorm that's also a lightning storm. And but they storm because they're wearing like... Like they're riot gear. Yeah, like they look. No, like only the two of them are. Isaac's not. Isaac is in his suit. Okay, they like have uh, assault rifles. Yeah, and SWAT team. Their level, faces yeah. are painted black, and they've got ski masks on. <laughs> so ridiculous! It's insane. Um, I I don't think Gabriel looks like he knows what he's doing at that point. He seems confused. Okay. I just think that Isaac like who geared him up, and then Isaac. Okay. I think Isaac probably was able to explain. We really need Lou. Gabriel was like, sure, pay me the money so I can get the lawyer for my girl. Yeah. And But I don't yeah, I don't I don't think Gabriel was in on the like alien aspect of this. No. So I'm let's sure. yeah, let's get into that because we keep we keep tiptoeing around this. But Lorna gets Lou strung up in a like birthing um like a swing. Like a swing, like a birthing swing. She holds on to Is that a thing? It is a thing. People want to give birth in the air? It's like it's something about like um, like pushing down is easier to do if you're like sitting upright like that. Yeah. Whereas if you're lying down, which is what how most people give birth these days. Yeah. Um, it's like you know you're pushing a certain way. Whereas if you sit up, gravity is like working with you. Yeah. That that is a thing. A lot of people. That is a whole separate discussion. But a lot of people <laughs> are trying to have births outside of hospital beds. Tends to work pretty well for a lot of people. Yeah. Home birth. So my friend just had a baby number. Cool. On the couch. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to do a home birth in Lou's trailer. Uh, Gabriel bursts in. It works pretty well. Yeah, I think, I think it goes fine. Well, except that she gives birth to the head of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, that's what's supposed yeah. to happen, though. I it, think he's Abe Sapien, I'm pretty sure. It looks a lot like the creature from the Black yeah. Lagoon to me. Like, literally, have you seen the creature from the Black Lagoon? No. It's it, that. Does he not also look like Abe Sapien to you? No, Abe Sapien is... Uh, had production design work done. Um, <laughs> yes, he's a fish man, is what we're is what we're saying. He's a, a aquatic mammal of some sort. But she just gives birth to the head. It's just the head with like a couple of little little strings. Yeah, weird organ tendrils. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> um, 
He has like webbed webbed stuff going on later on. Um, but this is just the head with his like weird big nostrils and his eyes. His eyes his, are moving. His mouth that has sharp little teeth in it. And he's like crying and Lorna is like, oh, you little baby, I love you so much. <laughs> like she's not freaked out at all. And then Isaac shows up and is like, this is the beginning. Because, so now we've, we, the big reveal, uh, Isaac through Gabriel. Wait, first of all, okay. I want a moment of appreciation for Lou, who, upon giving birth to an alien head, immediately just goes and makes herself a drink. She does. Yes. Yeah, she just gets up and is like, peace. And honestly, her acting in this last scene is the best of the whole thing. It is, it is incredible. She's, she's really great. I was just no. gonna say it was so polite how she offered everyone else a drink she too, <laughs> including Isaac and Gabriel who just stormed in and is maybe like, her alien right baby in. head uh, so she's given birth to this head and Isaac comes in and basically reveals that like through Gabriel and ostensibly others yes he has been trying to like craft or uh, what's the word to find the perfect womb to yeah. birth more of these creatures gestate aliens essentially um and that because Lou is such a partier, because she's like, she she introduces what? Do you remember what phrase he uses? Like a hostile. Years of, years of abuse have provided your body with the levels of toxins able to sustain alien life. Yeah. So when this happened, also all three of us went, uh, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so because she is like such a she's horrible to her body she's able to like create this alien and so she's made the head and he's like so impressed because he's like this is the most amount of tissue we've been able to get out of anybody and also isaac is like isaac has been to space like multiple times oh, yeah, he's been to the space <laughs> and where, it's a terrible where these place aliens are from i guess <laughs> and he puts the baby head or the you know the baby head into an incubator so that it will continue it, to live again i don't remember him bringing that in it's just no it's no. just there it's just there like and then, oh, what the fuck what what gets us to the next point like they're just talking no oh. gabriel's like we need to get we need to tie up this loose end and like pins her against pins lou against the wall and then fucking oh. swamp thing's arm comes out of her vagina to strangle to him to strangle him and then we see that an entire body is pulling its way out of her vagina and once it's out, she literally crumbles into nothing. Like, she's a shell. Yeah, her face does the same thing. The oh, it destructive... ca- caves in on itself. Yeah, yeah. So then, the full creature, Swamp, the Swamp Man, uh, <laughs> is out, and he's got his head, and he kills everybody, and... That's it. The last shot it. is, like, uh, a flashlight shining on him, the headless creature alien thing holding his head in his hands and the head like screeches smash cut to anti-birth anti-birth which so, i feel like every time a, like a movie ends, with, ends the with the title it like it has worked like two times in my entire life at least one movie that i like has done it but usually it's a sign that i will not like the movie again i think my biggest problem with this movie is that for an hour and 15 minutes it wasted my time and then at the end, it turned into this like midnight cult classic, like B movie about the creature of the Black Lagoon being birthed, and also space is a terrible place because Isaac has yeah. been there. What and if it's this like was ridiculous. the beginning of the movie? What if that was the first fifteen minutes? That was... wouldn't you want to watch that movie? Probably is my hope. Yeah. Like, what if then we we like go around the country and all the different women who have been like, you know, inducted with this government, whatever, and now all the aliens are coming. And then somebody else has to solve that problem. Like, that's a way more interesting movie. Yeah. And, like, does more about what it seems like. So can we get into this? What, like, what the director was, uh, quote-unquote, trying to do 
with this movie, I feel like that would more have accomplished his goal of talking about, like, women and pregnancy in horror movies. Oh, so, man. Danny Perez. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, Danny Perez. Uh, quote, he, he wanted to s- subvert a lot of female archetypes, specifically subverting uh, how the image of women as glowing in gestational bliss and being so happy... No one really talks about the more gruesome aspects of pregnancy and what it does to the body. So, my man, Danny Perez, has never seen a movie, ever. <laughs> He's only seen commercials. Yeah, like like maternity commercials. Yeah. Nor has he ever talked to a woman while she's pregnant. Clearly. She will tell him, in so right. many words, yeah. everything that is wrong with her body. Right. I just no one... The movie that he wants is called The Brood, directed by David Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why this person has never seen that or heard of it, that he's like, no one ever talks about, like, pregnancy as, like, a vehicle for horror. Or Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby, baby. That's, or, what, that's what I said. Like, that's one of the most famous movies. Or Alien. Like, wh- like right. what on earth? There are so many horror pregnancy storylines. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a huge trope. And he wasn't even doing anything, he wasn't even, like, trying to subvert that trope. Like, he was specifically, clearly has never seen a horror movie. He was inspired by, quote, weird UFO YouTube videos. Yeah, this guy does not know what he's talking about. He has no idea. Also, just all pregnant women or women who have been pregnant will tell you everything that was terrible about their birth. (laughs) Everything about their body. I know so many details from my mother, for example. Right. I don't think that anyone's walking around, except probably people who sell, like, maternity products. They're the only ones going... Oh, pregnancy, like, it's just, it's just, you just grow a baby and then it's easy and it's all so beautiful and, like, nobody ever has anything bad happen to them. Like, nobody's actually saying that except for, like, product placement, right? Like, this guy does not know anything about the world. Also, in my very brief internet research into actor-director Danny Perez, (laughs) it appears that this was his, it was not his first film, surprisingly, his first thing was an Animal Collective visual album, oh. which makes oh, a lot of sense. Yeah, but this the was Isaac. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tone in your voice says a lot. There, I love what you knew exactly what it was. That's so funny. Yeah, but this was apparently his transition from the music and art video world into his first feature, according to this uh, Vice that article. Makes perfect sense. That's why he doesn't know what plot is. Because yeah. he wants to... things on the screen. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I want to complain very quickly about his direction, which, um, yeah, the script is bad and it makes no sense, but also, and we watched this together and I, I, I paused in the middle to complain about this, the transition between every scene consists of a very slow fit crossfade from one scene to the other. Every scene, every time it's a scene transition... Uh, usually, like, what feels like it's in the middle of a conversation, or, like, there's no, like, natural point, it'll just fade. Sometimes it'll fade from, let's go to the convenience store, very slow fade, and now they're in a convenience store, and it's just, like, an insane editing decision to do it every single time. It's so amateurish. I don't understand how, like, someone with the, like, uh, gung-ho, I'm a surreal auteur, like, perspective that he seems to have about himself, like, I'm breaking boundaries... Does this shitty like? Well, you know, sometimes movie effects. Like, sometimes he did do transit scene transitions where the scene you were watching would suddenly start to get staticky, and he would transition onto a television screen. 
So maybe hold your criticisms for a second. You're killing me. <laughs> My big elephant in the room is why is Natasha Leone in this movie? They're friends. And that's the answer. They're yeah. friends. It's it's horrible. And Natasha Leone wrote it for her. Natasha Leone and Chloe Savini are like really good friends since the nineties. Right. I and I, I think that like what we this movie came out in 2016, so it was three years after Orange is the New Black started. Mm-hmm. And she is essentially Nikki. Yeah. I don't know if if any of you, you know, listeners watch Orange is the New Black, you know Nikki. She's, you know, she used to do drugs and she has big hair and she's very crass and she laughs like she has a little evil cackle. And that's who this character is. It's like pre-Orange is the New Black Nikki, except she's not a lesbian. So, super boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it, the fact that, like, this friend of hers is just like, oh, I know what I want you to do. Can you just come and do my movie and play the character that you play in your most yeah. successful TV role and we'll just, like, do that? It's just so, like, why would you do that to your friend? <laughs> I also want to say, Natasha Leon, who helped pay for this, Oh my God. Uh, said, in many ways, this is one of the very few films I've ever made that is so closely connected to the kind of thing I would want to see. That makes sense. Oh. No, it doesn't. I. You don't know what her tastes are. This is this is nobody's taste. This is a bad movie for no she one. She said it's closest to her taste. So that makes that makes me feel like Natasha Leon likes surrealist different, body horror. There are ten different movies here. Which one is she talking about? Hopefully, the last fifteen minutes one. Because that, that I can. Picture. I want to see that too. It's, it is funny, actually. I feel like I've only ever seen Natasha Leone play a lesbian. This is, like, one of the first things I've ever seen where she played ostensibly straight. They don't talk about it, but you never yeah. see her talking about women. Because I've seen, you know, Orange is the Black and I'm a Cheerleader, and I feel like one other thing where she was a lesbian. Moving on from that specifically. <laughs> so you mentioned that she paid for a lot of this. I don't know if you guys noticed that on IMDb there are about 19 people listed as producers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's I, insane. A lot of them are the actors. So everybody just gave like a thousand bucks and we're done. I think so. A lot of executive producers, like probably about 12. I don't recognize any of them. You might, but I do not. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Wait, what was the budget on this movie? And I want to know. I want to know how many people just had to give like 500 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. It's not listed. Oh, no. This was a Sundance movie. We'll never know. What? It premiered yeah. at Sundance. Uh, yeah, why? I don't know. I don't know. I have, why did IFC buy it? Not why did it get like programmed at Sundance, but like why was IFC like, yes, let's distribute it. this. I love it. It wasn't in theaters, but still. This only this went straight to Right, Vod. it was IFC Midnight, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I don't understand why anyone thought this movie was a good idea unless they only saw the last 15 minutes and went, oh, for sure, but the whole movie's like this. And they were wrong. So this is a failure. Sorry, Natasha. Are you ready to uh, crawl our way out of this? <laughs> Push our way out of uh, this movie's vagina? I don't know where we went with that. How about... It's one of our grossest uh, how transitions. How about uh, exploding someone's face? Yeah. Let's explode its face. Let's explode this movie's face. I'm ready face. to get the fuck out. Yeah. Yes. All right. Why don't you pull up that roulette, and we'll see what we'll do for our next episode. All right, here we go. Our next movie will be... Haunter. Haunter? What's Haunter? I've actually heard of this. I think I've seen it. I can't remember if it was one of the ones I watched during my whole, like, let's just watch everything on Netflix phase, but I've definitely seen it, and I know what it's about, and I have been wanting to watch it. It has Abigail Breslin in it. Oh. Hmm. She's all right. <laughs> she's alright she's not my favorite actress but yeah. she's good um, it's enough. something It's something like about 
it's like backwards. Like the like the one who's doing the haunting is the person who's living somehow. Oh, it's something uh, like that. It's some. We'll watch it. Well, yeah, we'll we're, find we're out. gonna watch it. We're gonna do it. All right, so Haunter. Haunter. I'm gonna make so many Pokemon jokes. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> I was so excited. All right. Yeah. So in two weeks we'll talk about Haunter. Yep. I'm just gonna keep saying Haunter. 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 It's gonna start not like a word anymore. Nope. Uh, in the meantime, you can check us out on our website, uh, nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook, at nowscreaming. If you like the podcast, or even if you don't like it, uh, leave us a rating and review. And tell feelings. Tell all your friends about this terrible podcast where they, <laughs> they trash your favorite movie, Anti-Birth. Oh no. I hope, we, I hope this isn't anybody's favorite movie. I hope this next movie is better than Anti-Birth. I think it will be. I have most I, hope that... Almost every movie will be better. Yeah, I have slight faith that it'll be better than Anti-Birth. But tell your friends. Maybe they'll find a movie like Housebound, which is Laura's favorite horror movie. Yeah. (laughs) We like when we have nice, uh, nice, good uh, success stories from the movies you watch at Now Screaming. Thank you to Laura Hamil for uh, joining us. Yay, thanks, Laura. Thank you to you, too, for having me on the podcast. Giving a unique perspective on... Pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> You've got hot takes. Just oh, all such over. hot takes. So I'd just like to say thank you, Wes Craven, for understanding what a plot is and how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a low, low bar, but uh Thanks oh, yeah. for at, did least, it right. at least that. <laughs> all right, until next time everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Ooh. <laughs>